Ask Wildman. The weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder over here at Wildman Web Solutions. We're a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and we put on this show every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube as a resource to you and our local community, um, hopefully to answer some questions. So this is an open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to involve themselves. Um, if you have any questions about business, about marketing, about technology, or you just want to say hi, then jump in the comments below. Um, you can follow this stream on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. Or if you're catching this later, uh, you can involve yourself and ask us your questions by emailing us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address um, scrolling below me in this crawler here uh, in case I forget to mention that enough times here. Okay, let's see if I can't press the right buttons here. Okay, here it comes. Mike, there we go. I've got way too many buttons. I am here. On here. <laughs> Good morning, right. Miles. Happy, uh, happy belated birthday, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. feels pretty much the same as the last one at this point, but uh, <laughs> made it one more time around that sun, and uh, it, it was a good one. It was a nice birthday, good weekend. I'm happy. Have, I'm happy. Have, you, have you ever had a birthday on the day of, of the presidential election before, or was that a first time? No, that's a first time. It's always been pretty close. I remember it being uh, a little bit too close for, con I forget what the date was, but I was concerned on my 18th birthday that I wasn't gonna be, I was barely gonna miss the cutoff and not be able to vote. Uh, I, I ended up getting it, but oh, I remember thinking yeah. like, oh, I wasn't yeah. gonna be able to vote in this first time, uh, but just, just barely hit that. So uh, no, this is definitely a, that was a first. Happy birthday to me. Um, no one was paying attention to me, and, and rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, people were a little distracted uh, yesterday, and really kind of, I think, uh, all last week as well. So I, I for one, am, am quite glad. Well, I guess it's not, it's not over as I, as I glance up to the, the television screen here, but it's close to being over, uh, is my understanding. So uh congrats to all of us for getting through that <laughs> indeed agreed <laughs> but uh i'm doing good glad, glad to hear you had a great birthday Bob. yeah so uh let's get this show on the road like i said earlier uh this is an open q a so anyone who wants to just jump in and be part of the conversation like this being more of a back and forth less of a monologue so uh throw your questions in the comments or if you just want to say hi uh put it in the comments or you can email us at askwildman.wildmanweb.com uh we'll try to address your questions or if you've you know, had some experience with something that we're talking about, feel free to throw your experiences in the in the comments as well, and we'll, we'll try to address those as they come. 
we are doing this show as a resource to our community, hopefully trying to put out some valuable information. Um, we also have some more valuable information on our website. If you go to wildmanweb.com slash articles, uh, there's a whole blog there uh, with articles that go into everything we're talking about here from the tech side and web development and SEO over into content creation, blog writing, uh, or working on social media, some basic design skills, nothing crazy deep there or anything, but some nice shallow dives into a lot of different topics. And we do cite our sources on all of the different articles. So uh, you can link out to all those different things and use that as a launch point to really learn about uh, some of the things that we're talking about up here. So feel free to go to our website, wildmanweb.com, and then click on that articles section to learn. Um, or if you want something a little bit more interactive, we're also still offering our toolkit, uh, wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. That stands for the Local Business Online Toolkit. It's a suite of software that we offer uh, to our clients and to people in our community, um, though people can really use it anywhere. Uh, it's just a couple of different um, tools to help you to manage your business online. So there's a tool in there to help uh, manage your listings, to uh, get a hold of your reputation and reviews. There's one to help manage your social media platforms and uh, all of your different accounts, uh, a bunch of different analytics and stuff on there to just sort of give you this a better idea of what your business is doing online um, and hopefully make some of that a little bit less of a chore. Uh, so feel free to sign up there at wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. Otherwise, just follow us at wildmanweb on our social media. Um, like I said earlier, we are streaming live to our Facebook page right now as well as our YouTube channel. Uh, so pick your poison there. Pick whichever one you want. Watch us and uh, throw your questions in the comments here. Now, I wanted to start off with... Uh, really interesting conversation I had this morning actually at One Million Cups Lawrence. If you guys haven't attended One Million Cups yet, I highly recommend it for all business owners. Um, it's just a, a fun little community. They meet every week, um, at least here anyway, depending on your town. There's, uh, there's different instances of it all across the Midwest. Uh, so check and see if you have a local one. I know that I've been to the Topeka one, to the Manhattan one. Um, and to the Kansas City one as well. Uh, but basically they meet and they have a presenter or two of uh, local businesses that go there. They say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, they'll take questions and it's really meant to be you know, less of a sales pitch to one another and more of a networking group uh, where everyone's just there to help out and you get a lot of really great information. But I had a presentation this morning of a guy who was trying to do virtual live events using a video game engine. He had created uh, sort of these virtual rooms, virtual spaces, you know, one that looks like a classroom and one that looks like a more of a, a conference or some sort of, I don't know, they had like booths and tables and everything, this sort of event center, virtual event center. Um, and then you drop yourself in there as a virtual avatar, like you're playing a video game, and then you could go around and, and interact with people and talk with people as if it were a live event. Um, and I thought that was, that was really cool, uh, especially you know, missing some of those business-related networking events that I used to go to before the uh, world melted around us and pandemic clock happened, um, as well as some of those social events, um, you know, parties, concerts, events like that. 
Um, so I wanted to kind of get, first of all, get uh, an idea of what your thoughts were on that, Mike, um, what you think about live events and where that's going. Yeah, and so live events, of course, um, the, our, I guess, I don't know if it's arguable, it's arguable, arguable or not, uh, but, but I was going to say probably the most disrupted industry uh, from COVID-19 uh, certainly was the first one. Uh, to to really get the uh, the axe, so to speak, as uh, I remember the day um, that Seattle announced they they banned all events over 250 people. You know that was I, I think early on there, mid March uh, is one of the first kind of like whoa, what the heck's going on here? This was an industry that uh, I was deeply involved in. So you know, first and foremost, my my heart goes out uh, to everybody who who's in this industry because it's been an incredibly taxing time. And to, to really answer your question, Miles, is we don't know uh, at this point. You know, we, we don't know when things to in-person events uh, on a large scale. And it's, it's obviously creating a whole lot of, of hardship uh, for those people, stakeholders in this industry. And, of course, for all the rest of us who just, you know, love going to live events. It's, it's part of our, our human connection and, uh, you know, uh, as a culture and a species. And so, you know, it's, it's been hard on all of us, uh, but, you know, certainly those, those stakeholders um, are, are really worried, you know, right now, uh, still, uh, you know, eight, nine months into this thing. Uh, and, and, and so the great thing, there, there's the bad news, Miles. Here's the good news is there's been a whole lot of amazing uh, ingenuity, uh, you know, of just amazing, uh, uh, ideas and persevering forward um, you know with a lot of people in this industry and I think that's what you were kind of getting at with the gentleman there uh, at well people have found new ways to innovate and new ways to hold events new ways to do things virtually and at least it's become a way you know to uh, to, to uh, keep some connection uh, in a world where physical connection has been very hard to come by uh, you know, over, over the last eight months. So uh, where this is going specifically is I think that there's going to be a lot more investment in um, virtual technology in order to bring people together in events, whether it be uh, musical concerts or conferences or things like that. And why we don't know what's going to happen next year with COVID, um, I think that the benefits of having your event online have been shown to be proven uh, speed wins, convenience wins, and accessibility wins. And I think that, you know, as we've talked about a little bit, um, just in the, in the way business culture has changed, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to think twice about uh, hopping on a plane three days out of the week and flying all over the country to hold a business meeting. And one thing sure is, you know, I, I, I think at least in my mind that those virtual events, those live events, and the aspect of that is going to play some role uh, in perpetuating, uh, <laughs> I stayed up too late last night, uh, in, you know, in the long term, regardless of what happens with COVID. So I guess that's, that's kind of my answer is that I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope personally, <laughs> you know, God willing, that concerts are back in major festivals and uh and conventions and all of those things are back as soon as next summer uh i can tell you on the ground that you know those in the know don't think that 
<laughs> uh, you know, most people think it's going to be next fall at the earliest uh, before all that comes back. And, and now we're having that that's not going to be the case. Um, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, as far as investing in a technological infrastructure in order for you to have a virtual event for your business, or your community, or your organization, I think that's extremely smart uh, because, like I said, I think that this is going to be a cultural shift and that people will not that people won't, you know, and let me let me preface this a little bit. When when concerts come back, when festivals come back, when big conventions come back, there's going to be a huge spike in people wanting to go out and do those things because we've been, you know, we've neglected, we've been starved of, of human interaction, you know, for so long on a mass scale. That the energy that is created when you get a whole bunch of people together, uh, you know, that people are going to crave that and they're going to go out and they're probably going to consume more and more of that. I'm talking about maybe what happens more in the next three to five years. You know, what happens right after, you know, there's going to be an explosion of people wanting to go back to in-person events. And then I think there's going to be this gray area is going to settle back in. Uh, maybe I'm not going to send my sales team halfway across the country for this convention. Maybe I'll just have them meet with five other people here and attend the convention online. Uh, and so that's going to be really interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, we've seen people like Facebook uh, who are obviously, uh, you know, huge, huge participants in the marketing of live events. Uh, we've seen them uh, offer some new tools that we've talked about here uh, on the show before. Uh, repeating again, uh, and that is things like paid events that you can host online where uh, Facebook can put up a paid wall uh, for your event and, uh, you know, and you can uh, host that right on the platform and make money from it. So, you know, those are things that are coming down the pipeline. I think that there's going to be a lot more of that. Uh, but as we've talked about before, the best out this kind of infrastructure on your website, you know, something that you control and not rely on a platform like Facebook. Uh, to come in and you know, save the day, so to speak. Um, but you know, I, I think that this whole thing, even this whole conversation, even uh, translates into into just how business is going to be done. And uh, I, I'd like your perspective on that, Miles. I mean, I, I don't see people, I don't see people working in a, in a traditional office five days a week anymore. You know, and especially in the bigger cities where the costs are so high. And I spend all this time uh, uh, commuting. You know, my, my brother uh, works uh, for a financial firm in Chicago, and he used to commute two hours a day not far, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, from where he lived just outside of downtown Chicago into downtown Chicago, and he took the train, it took about an hour each way. And then since COVID, he hasn't been taking the train, he hasn't been traveling at all. He's been working uh, almost exclusively from his house. And he's getting, he, he's, you know, he's got to get a lot more, you know, so the productivity level um, is shifting as people are being taken out of this traditional office space. And so I see that kind of mentality all perhaps happening in the live event space as well. Uh, and so that's why this discussion to me goes out a little bit farther than just, well, when's COVID going to be over? Which, of course, no, nobody knows the answer to. So um, I don't know if that really answered your question, Miles? Oh, that's pretty much where I was going. I really just wanted to open a discussion around this. Um, and my thoughts around live events and 
uh, changing the work environment, changing the workspace kind of comes back to just this idea that necessity is the mother of invention and that this really has created that necessity. Um, I think that similar to you, I think that this is, uh, we're going to see some effects here that, that long outlast the upfront, um, you know, cause of, of the pandemic. I think that um, there was a lot of hesitancy up front before all of this happened to virtual events um, and to, you know, just just holding a meeting over Skype or over Zoom or something like that. There was a lot of people who would not do that, who, you know, saw that as a lesser form of communication. And then all of a sudden they're forced to do it. Um, and now I think that there's going to be a lot less resistance to that type of meeting space, um, the less traditional workspace. You know, I've been, uh, I've been working remotely for years at this point, even before um, starting Wildman here, I was working remotely for for years before that. Um, and it's much more of a standard in my industry, in the software development industry, than probably most other industries to have remote workers. So um, I was a little bit privileged there to get a sneak peek um, and to kind of be used to this world before uh, before I really needed to. Um, and I was an advocate for that, un that non-traditional workspace for you know, before all this happened. But I knew a lot of people that said like, no, you can't do that. You can't do this job remotely. Um, people are not going to be productive working from home. There's too many distractions, um, though there are many studies saying otherwise, even before all this happened, um, there was still a lot of hesitancy there. And, you know, it kind of makes sense to a certain degree. I mean, even you and I were having conversations, again, before all this happened, about having virtual meetings and um, the efficacy of having in-person meetings versus the speed and convenience of having these um, these virtual meetings this way. Um, and I know that, you know, a lot of people that I talked to really hated doing that, but then they got forced into it and now they love it. They wouldn't do it any other way. So I think we're going to see some lasting effects in that way. More people are going to be working remote after this. Um, more people are going to be having virtual meetings. And then, yeah, maybe that can kind of lead over into the live event space with technologies like the one that I saw this morning, uh, as well as the adapting technologies, the growing technologies allowing for large uh, conference-style meetings. You know, Zoom has been doing a whole lot. Um, Skype has sure. been changing a whole lot. We've got Microsoft Teams playing in there. We've got, you know, we use Google Hangouts mm -hmm. a lot, or I guess Google Meet is now what it is now. Google, um, yeah. Regardless, well, they've all been just they, like they, sprinting forward. And I think that that's, that's not going to change anytime soon. We're going to see a lot more people operating in that way. Um, and using that in, in lieu of traditional live events and live meetings. Yeah, well, this this is a uh, it reminds me of something too that we talked about on the show a few months ago, and that was one of the one of the executives of Salesforce uh, said, and this was maybe back in, in May or June. Uh, I was listening to him on a podcast, and they said that Salesforce that they've they've been analyzing, you know, what people had shifted in terms of their behavior uh, from the non digital world to the digital world, and they said that COVID was advancing basically digital usage and digital uh, adaptations by five years. Remember that, Miles? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that is is really outstanding. And I, and I think the longer that this is dragged on, 
the more that, that that is being evident. I mean, I remember when I first heard that, my mind was blown. Was just like, to put a scale on that, too. Yeah. This isn't like any other industry. Five years is, is light years at this point. I mean, at the digital agency mm-hmm. or digital uh, industry develops faster than anything on the planet. I mean, imagine where we were right. five years ago. In 2015, what right. was your phone like? What was your computer like? What was your work life like? Yeah. I mean, there's been so many yeah, advancements. Yeah. And then five years before that, back in 2010. Totally, yeah, so totally. So I think when, I fell out in, a flip in five phone. months, we, <laughs> right. So in five months, we accelerated five years. Um, that's pretty incredible to think about. And then I think the, the other thing that really uh, connects this discussion that we really haven't talked about, but I think it, it's it's quite prevalent to this on a number of numerous levels are this this whole idea of lockdowns, right? Like we've never experienced that in at least in in, in this continent, in Asia and stuff like that before, but it's never happened over here. And so, if I'm a business person, I'd be thinking, well, can my office get shut down again? Right. You know, can my factory get shut down again? You know, all of these things, which before COVID, nobody had thought. And of course, we were thrown right into the middle of because we were some of the first people that people called when all this was happening was like, holy, you know what? Uh, I can't have my office open. I need to have things, you know, digitally done and virtually done. Um, And then if I extract that conversation out to something like a live event, which is really easily for easy for me to do because I have a, a live event planned that was supposed to happen, you know, this past August, two months ago, and now it's planned for August, 2021. Well, okay. Obviously that takes a lot of investment, you know, monetarily and time in order to put on something like that. So our event stakeholders, you know, I'm already, you know, plan B, okay, let's, you know, can we hold this thing outside instead of inside, but plan C has got to be what happens if this whole thing gets shut down, I have to have a virtual event. Right. And so to me, the whole aspect of having virtual options is also just a backup plan, you know, and it's not some pie in the sky. Hey, let's try something crazy and see if we can go on the interwebs. It's like, I better have this thing in my toolkit. I could go out of business. <laughs> you know, that's what it's it, how it's accelerated in, in a really, really short time, which to me is, is quite amazing. Yeah, things have been developing in a lot of ways that, um, you know, I not we wouldn't necessarily have predicted, at least not for a long time. Um, I do think that it's going to change how how we do business, pretty much no matter how this thing develops over the next couple of months. Um, we're going to see massive adoption of you know, virtual events, virtual meeting styles, more and more of this um, in the years going forward, you see, uh, you know, Jeff commenting here. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I saw a stat today that one in two people that were forced into working from home will not be going back to an office when this is over. And I, it's that exact sentiment that I was trying to hit on earlier. Is a lot of people that, you know, maybe couldn't have even imagined working like this before. Um, they just, you know, knee-jerk reaction said, no, I can't have a meeting like that. No, I can't work like that. No, I can't run my business like that. Um, and then now you're forced into it and you realize, I love this. I'm more productive when I work from home. I don't have that hour-long commute 
like, man, just that. Uh, I remember I was working in a in Kansas City at the time, but still living here in Lawrence uh, years ago and, and commuting in. And that burnt two hours of my day every day. And when I got to work from home, that instantly bought me two hours a day. And I don't know how much your time is worth or how you really value that monetarily, but I mean, by some math, that's that's worth a pretty significant raise, basically, annually. So I think a lot yeah, of people well, are really starting to do those kinds of calculations and, and realizing what this mode of work is actually getting you. That's a great, another great point, Miles. And, and again, I think that this is going to be part of this whole, you know, cultural shift that we're going in. I mean, think about think about a town like Lawrence it, to me this positions a town like Lawrence to really benefit from something like this because you know as we know you know the the, the drawback to living in Lawrence you know since I, I can remember going back several decades but there's not enough jobs right not enough jobs uh, you know it's, it's more expensive to live uh, there's there's not near as many jobs as compared to Kansas City right and so great example of the commuters you know we've, we've long uh, been up as a, as a bedroom community where I think over 30% of the workforce commutes outside of Lawrence every single day. Um, and, and that's been one of the driving factors of, of cities, major cities growth, right? Is that people move there for jobs and they maybe don't necessarily want to live in a big city. They'd like, uh, you know, the feel of a college town or a suburb or the countryside or something like that where they can spread out but they don't want to drive an hour, an hour and a half, two hours away every single day to go to work. Okay, well now this has changed. And now this, now I can have my office job in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, that pays me a lot more than, you know, presumably I would find in Lawrence. And I can live and work, in, or I can live and work in Lawrence. So this to me is actually a big opportunity for some of these towns that are on the outs, you know, side of, you know, the top 30, 40 big city market uh, centers. And so, you know, if I'm on the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce, the Lawrence uh, City Commission or something like that, I, I gosh, I would be thinking of all kinds of ways to attract those people to live here that uh, are wanting to get away from the big cities. So that's just a little, little side, uh, a little sidebar there, but I, I think that that's an interesting discussion, and I'm I'm really looking forward to how this all plays out uh, over the next couple of years because I, I do think that there's a big shift happening. I hadn't even really thought about it that way, but yeah, that could lead to a shift in 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 geography and in demographics. I oh, mean, yeah. this could be a, a I have so many friends, shift. Yeah, I have so many friends that went to KU that would love to live in Lawrence, but they live in Kansas City or Portland or Denver or somewhere because of their job, you know? Um, so yeah, it's really interesting, I think, how, how that's gonna play out, you know, just, man, if, you know, if I can get more house and it's cheaper to live somewhere else and I can still have my great paying job that I had in the city, I and think all that's gonna make that some money people comes... think twice. And then, yeah, and then all that money comes here, comes to Lawrence, comes to the other communities like like us, and boosts that local economy. So that could lead to well, if they facilitate it correctly, you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that does right. kind of lead us to the, I mean, if we can kind of shift a little bit into our next section of conversation. And I know that you and I were having a conversation about the local economy and, and how things are you know, bouncing back or not and, and, and what kind of metrics we should be looking at. Um, but there are, were definitely some promising signs uh, and some, some definite positive economic numbers. Uh, just looking here locally and sort of the surrounding region. Did you want to bring some of those up? Yeah, definitely. So there was some some positive numbers nationally and, and locally and across the state uh, that came out last week. And yeah, I, I figured, golly, we need some good news to talk about. <laughs> so so let's, let's bring this up uh, and talk about it on the show since we were discussing it uh, in, in the office. Uh, ourselves uh because you know it's over the you know since march it's been golly nothing but doom and gloom uh every time you turn on the news certainly any, any kind of economic news uh that has been going out there and you know the long and short of it is i think that the economy is starting to recover a lot quicker uh than, than we anticipated and so that's that's obviously great and you know i don't think we're out of the woods here yet and you know like we just talked about for the last half hour there's a huge cultural shift happening here in terms of how people do business and how people uh, just interact uh, you know so there's there's going to be majors and win winners and losers uh, still through this whole thing but you know nationally we had a uh, third quarter GDP numbers uh, the highest that they'd ever been you know 31 percent uh, of course that was right after the second quarter had been the the, the the steepest decline in history, you know? So, you know, we have to keep this in the big picture, but uh, I don't think that anybody thought that the economy was gonna bounce back that fast uh, in third quarter after what we saw on the climbs that we saw in second quarter. So uh, certainly uh, some really, really positive numbers there that are gonna continue uh, into fourth quarter and into first quarter of next year. Uh, and then locally here in Lawrence, uh, Journal World, our friend Chad, uh, Lawhorn put out an article last week. Let me pull it up here. Uh, you guys can check this out. Uh, but basically, he was going over the sales tax numbers, and we get local sales tax numbers um, month by month, of course, here. But they usually have a two or three month lag in them in terms of what we uh, what we find. But uh, the bottom line is that the the sales tax numbers were up much greater than again than we thought that they were going to be uh, based on projections from first and second quarter. And the interesting thing was in August, uh, sales tax numbers here locally in Lawrence actually went up 3.5% compared to last year. So that is quite shocking if you think about it, uh, that sales tax numbers actually went up 3.5% in this August compared to August of 2019. Now, some of that could have been, you know, this pent up demand, uh, you know, maybe people just we're putting off purchases and, and things like that um, in June and July. And so that's what made August uh, so big. We don't know. I'm, been, I'm really, you know, obviously rooting for that trend uh, to continue uh, through the, the next coming months here as we get a better look at third quarter and then going into fourth quarter. Now, the numbers overall are still down, but they're not near as down as much as we thought. And I should actually have prepared this a little bit better, Miles, and pulled up the, the projection numbers from six months ago. But I remember double-digit projections across the board locally 
for the rest of of, uh, of 2020. And, and so that somebody can, can maybe check me on, on that and make sure I, I'm not exaggerating, but I'm pretty sure that that's what we were told uh, to expect is there was going to be double digit declines uh, for the rest of the year. And so obviously if we're, if we're only now down, I think 3% overall, uh, then that's, that's, that's a significant increase in so what we're supposed to expect. So, uh, you know, we're not going to start jumping up and down and popping champagne maybe quite yet, Miles, but uh, certainly, certainly there's some great trends here that is, is leading me to believe that this recovery is going, going better than expected. And so from, as I put out uh, in our newsletter, on Friday, by the way, if you haven't signed up for the Wildman Web Newsletter, you're missing out, and you should do that. Miles will probably put up on the to do that. Uh, but you know, I discussed that if you've been sitting on the sideline the last seven months and you haven't been uh, investing, you haven't in advertising, you haven't been customers to come do business with you, you haven't been innovating new and better ways for people to do business with you. Your competition probably has been doing that. And the consumers are starting to spin, so you don't want to be behind. You don't want to be lagged behind. As we talked about last week, it takes 60 to 90 days on average to talk to somebody about what them to do before they actually do it. So if you're like, well, I'm just waiting until the first quarter next year, you know, you're, you're missing out on a big opportunity here, uh, market share from the competition. So uh, that that was that was the, the big uh, that was the big macro takeaway. But there's one bro that I want to dig into and dissect a little bit, um, and this could be kind of read, you know, either way, I guess, uh, as as positive or global economy. But Miles, the good news is, is that Wildman Web Solutions is here to make it a positive uh, going forward, and, and not. And and what and what I'm talking about. Um, is our use tax numbers. It's a special sales tax. Um, for those of you who don't know what a use tax is, but it's a special sales tax that is collected on online or uh, e-commerce you know, sales or basically anything that happens online from an outside uh, business. So it's money that's being spent online from a business outside of Douglas County. And We've been talking about this number <laughs> for, for a long time. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has, but the our, our good friend uh, Chad there at the Journal World has pointed this out in his article, which I, again, I urge you to go and read this entire thing. Um, but this this number has been exploding, uh, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID, and whatever this period is now. Uh, and the latest report, again, it is way up. It is up 17% increase compared to the same period a year ago. Say that again, 17% increase over the same period a year ago. So the good news is <clears throat> that the sales tax collections are up 8.2%, which is more than $200 compared to the same year ago. So in terms of our, you know, our, our local um, governing budget, which had been, you know, projections were just going to be completely shot apart. Uh, this is going to help that. And we're hopefully not going to have as much of a raging deficit as we were once projected. Uh, but there, I think there's a lot to unpack there with that number and that stat in general. And I, and I want to throw it back over here and get your take on it here in just a minute, Miles. But to me, 
like I said, you could read that a number of different ways. I mean, the good news is people are spending, right? They're spending a dramatic amount more than they were even last year when the economy was at the greatest that it's been in, in history, you know, right? So that's amazing. But that's money that is not being spent in person-to-person -person retail in downtown Lawrence or other areas of Lawrence, right? And so it's you could think of it as it's taking away from, from that spend which as we, as we noted is, is down overall, but it's up compared to a year ago. Um, but, you know, this, as we've said before, this is all part of this micro conversation that we were having in the big part of the show of how the cultural change is changing habits and can change, changing the way the business is done and changing the way that consumers interact with businesses. And as we've been telling people, it's all becoming much more digitalized. It's all becoming much more online. And people are seeing the speed and the convenience and everything that they can get by not having to leave their house and go shopping for two hours and sitting down and doing it in 20 minutes on the Internet. And then going about and getting a much more uh, other things done with their day. And that's a trend that, as we said before, and as they point out in the article, it's not going away. It's not slowing down. It's not even new. This has been happening for years now again and again and again. And this, I think, really just kind of draws the exclamation point on it because it's happening in the middle, uh, still in the middle of a pandemic. So, uh, you know, again, everybody go go, go check that out. Our, our good friend, Chad, who if you're not familiar with Chad, he, he, makes, he makes jokes. We don't ask him to, but he makes jokes. So um, the, the end of this, I'll just read the last three lines here from him. This is a quote from him. Um, the overall used sales tax collections in the state are up by 18% for the year compared with the same period a year ago. This has resulted in about 26 million in new tax revenues for local cities and counties. This internet thing may be here to stay. <laughs> Indeed it is, Chad. Indeed it is. So uh, obviously just a little sarcasm there from Chad at the end, but um, so so how so before i tie this turn this back over to you miles let me tie this back into how Wildman helps the situation is that you know as we talked about before i i talked about the journal world article i saw a downtown retailer that was you know convinced that he couldn't have an online store because then he would join the bad guys and it's, it's us first then it's you know it's <laughs> you're either an in-person retailer you're an online retailer um it's not too late it's not too late for for downtown businesses for all local businesses you know, here in lawrence across the state across the nation to offer the same kind of service that the big retailers are doing online just because you were late doesn't mean the party's over you know you can still show up to the party and you need to you need to get in the game uh and you need to have you know, as much as you can possibly offer online, you need to have it as convenient and as easy as you possibly can. You know, maybe that means getting a mobile app or something that you thought was crazy nine months ago. But this trend is not going to stop. And it's only going to continue. And it's only going to make local businesses lose out who aren't availing themselves to the same kind of tools and the same kind of convenience that consumers are not just coming to expect but demanding from the businesses that they spend money with. So Miles, I'll turn it over to you. 
What do you think about all that? Well, I think that that sounds um, like an overall much more positive take on on the economy, uh, both nationally and locally, than I think any of us really expected. Um, I'm really curious to see where these trends go because, you know, no matter what we're talking about in local sales or the economy, or if I'm looking at SEO or digital marketing, something, we're always looking at these long-term trends, not necessarily spikes or dips, these little flukes that can find their way into a system. The, the average trend is really what we're going to look at. So I'm really curious to see where some of these things go and how it ties into some of the stuff that I've been looking at. Um, and that's been primarily tied to um, e-commerce and how businesses are interacting and engaging with their customers um, digitally, how they're doing that virtually, um, and how some of those things have, have switched or how they've changed. Um, I'm really curious to see how the next couple of months go, how the holidays go, because there's a lot of trends um, that have been pretty standard for decades at this point um, that are being completely turned on their head. Things like holiday shopping, Black Friday, all of the numbers around that are just completely backwards. Um, something like 51% down uh, as far as overall interest in Black Friday as a whole for the average consumer. People are caring less and less about um, some of these, these traditional um, events and ways of engaging with businesses, especially surrounding the holidays. Um, there's been some some polls out there saying more people are trying to um, you know, shop locally the, these holidays and try to pull themselves off of large online shopping centers like Amazon and eBay. Um, more people are being much more conscious about that and opting to shop locally. Um, there's also a couple of other things as far as uh, businesses engaging with their customers that I've seen that were that are interesting. I don't necessarily know how they're going to turn out, but it's enough to grab my attention, and that is the overall success of businesses with loyalty programs seems to be tied pretty directly with the increase of online traffic um, and increase of yep. e-commerce market share. Um, loyalty programs yep. seem to be uh, like almost like you look at the two graphs and they're they're almost exactly the same over the entirety of this whole shutdown pandemic thing. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how those two are tied together, but it really seems like there's a close correlation in you know those companies that are doing well and those that have some form of customer loyalty program. Another one that I've seen has been um, companies that have some sort of trial period or like a try at home kind of thing. You know, thinking of like the the mattress companies that'll send you the mattress and you get to try it for a hundred days. Wayfair.com, um, exactly. Yeah, all those places, yeah. Mm -hmm. Companies that have that kind of at home <clears throat> trial have just been killing it in all of this, versus yep. their competition. It, DTC, DTC in general. I've already interrupted with DTC in general. To your point, uh, direct to consumer exploding across the board, and e-commerce as well exploding across the board, led by DTC brands. Go ahead. Yes. And overall, um, traffic to e-commerce sites is up across the board. Um, e-commerce as a share of, of the overall market is way up across the board. Um, so basically what I'm saying here, I guess, is if you want to take advantage of some of the increases that we are seeing in our local economy, some of the increases that we are seeing in the national economy, um, and 
with the upcoming holidays and sales and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all that stuff, if you really want to capitalize on that, there's seeming to be a couple of trends that are coming out and that's not pushing for a Black Friday sale, that's not pushing for the holiday sale, some of these more traditional marketing tactics, but instead pushing for e-commerce, pushing for uh, some form of loyalty program and some sort of content engagement that way. Um, and then also, if it's at all possible, some sort of trial period where people are able to engage with your product directly without leaving their own home and still staying in that sort of virtual e-commerce <clears throat> space. And that means something wildly different to people across the board, whether that's you know, samples or you know, some sort of trial period or I, I don't know, kind of depends who we're talking about. But if you can leverage that kind of idea where you're engaging your mm -hmm. customer in a smaller, more regular, and very, uh, very tangible way through uh, your your online presence, then that seeming like that's going to be the winning strategy here. Yeah, great points, Miles. I think it would be really prudent as well uh, to conduct some polls with your audiences. You know, right now, yeah. uh, you know, I, I would be conducting some kind of user research polls, whether that's on social media or a list or or in store you know whatever um and asking people point blank how how are your consumer behaviors changing what would you like to see what would make it more convenient for you etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and that ties into a couple things that you, you said there uh in terms of loyalty you know as we talked about before a couple times on this show uh the data is showing that uh consumers are more loyal to their brands that they previously were uh, consumers with than ever before during this pandemic. And so if you're going to be taking new market share for some, from somebody, to me, it really has to come down to uh, either you're making an incredible offer, you know, like, like yeah, try it for 30 days and you, you hate it, send it back and full refund, right? Or your uh, incredible convenience is, is what you're offering over your competition or a combination of the two, which something like Wayfair uh, dot com is is a, or, or some of those other you know direct to consumer i know there's other ones that's the uh, overstock.com there's a bunch of them those those combine both of those aspects right because the idea is that it's more convenient than me driving to nebraska furniture mart or some big furniture mall and taking all afternoon to to walk through thousand square feet and and, uh, and the, so the fact that I can order online, I can show up at my house, and, and if I can get a better deal, and if it's less risk, oh, you'll give me a refund if I don't like it, and somebody will come pick it up. See where this see where this is going, folks. Hey, that's paired uh, and, with uh, that's paired with another uh, stat that I had over here, um, and that was that uh, more people are are likely to stick with the brands that they tried during the pandemic then returned to the ones that they were using previously. So as we talked about previously on this mm. show, uh, retention has kind of surpassed conversions at this point. So brand, people are being much more brand loyal, but also there's a sect of the population that's been trying new stuff, trying new ways of engaging with businesses, trying new brands during um, right. during the pandemic. And that, that demographic seems like it's kind of skewing young. Younger people are, are out there experimenting a little bit more and trying some new companies, trying some new brands. And of the people that are experimenting and are trying new uh, ways of doing business and experimenting with new brands, 
uh, it was something like 70, 80% of them have said that they're going to stick with the companies that they had tried during mm -hmm. the pandemic rather than returning to the way that they were doing things before that. So if you can leverage some of the strategies that Mike was just talking about and get someone to try your stuff, it's seeming like people are really sticking with that. Um, and that's going to end up being you know, a longer term win than just getting someone for the course of the shutdown. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Miles. I've, I've seen that the, those those stats as well, and 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 that all ties back into the direct to consumer brands. Those a lot of those brands are the ones who they got their shot, you know, they got there at bat uh, because you know the the other store was closed or you know people didn't want to deal with you know going out in public or what, and so they were online and they got their shot, and then that. That all ties back into the discussion that we, we had the last few weeks about your marketing bridge. Because, uh, you know, at that point, it's just all about delivering. And if your marketing bridge is succinct and you do a good job, you have an amazing opportunity right there uh, to take a customer away and, and keep them and retain them. And, yeah, there's never been a better time to, uh, to be a direct-to-consumer brand or to be an online uh, e-commerce brand than the last six months. And, the ones that were uh, the ones that were prepared, <laughs> and the ones that were able to execute are, are certainly going to come out uh, on top. And though we may be seeing some huge spikes in some of those huge online retailers, obviously Amazon's breaking records all over the place, and you know, some of those bigger ones, Wayfair and Overstock, and things like that. And then we are seeing some new big boys coming into some of the industries, things like, uh, I don't know, Carvana coming in and being that d home delivery car sales service, which if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, if that would be a thing, I would say, hell no. Right. Um, but you know, while some of those big boys really are um, taking advantage of some of this, that also means that they're there is that opportunity for small businesses as well. If you leverage some of those same ideas, some of those, I mean, not everything and as much as they are doing or anything, it's not necessary. But if you kind of move your marketing in that direction and take advantage of some of these new strategies and new methods of doing business, then, you know, there's a slice of that pie ready and available for you too. That, that's a great point too, Miles. And, and Amazon is so interesting to me as, as a, as a <laughs> a case study in this because to me both i mean it's obviously a, a giant corporation right and you know i mean it's it's one of the biggest and it's one of the most innovative they've unleashed i can't remember in how many cities right uh groceries delivered to your door in two hours and you know and all these incredible game-changing innovations which are consumer centric heavy right like advantage consumers uh, disadvantage, big big box store, non direct to consumer uh, business models. Uh, but at the same time, Amazon is made up of tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of small businesses. And inside of Amazon are thousands and thousands of small, tiny, tiny, you know, solo entrepreneur businesses who are absolutely crushing it right now with direct to consumer, with affiliate links, with drop shipping, you know, with all of these things. And they're using Amazon as the infrastructure, you know, smartly, uh, you know, rather than uh, taking the cost to, to build it out or as an add-on, you know, they have their own e-commerce store, 
but they also sell on Amazon. And, and I don't think that that story gets told as much, at least in the headlines. You know, but how many new businesses have been started this past six, nine months just on Amazon? I guarantee you there's tens of thousands of them. Um, and, and, and again, if they, if they have their unit one together, they're probably doing quite well. <laughs> um, so really, really interesting stuff. And, and I know we've taken the whole show to, <laughs> to dive in and, and discuss this stuff and not answer anybody's questions. But um, it, it's really, really fascinating stuff to me. And uh, as much of a, of a son of a bitch this whole, <laughs> this whole year and COVID has been, uh, it's we've at least been getting some interesting things to discuss and some interesting problems to tackle out of it. Uh, Miles, so never mm -hmm. dull moment, right? Hey, normally, I'm the numbers guy, so I'm I'm happy to see you diving into some actual <laughs> math and percentages and stuff. It's a uh, yeah. it is refreshing from from this end of the room but, here. Economics is the only kind of math that I enjoy because it it, it deals with human action. You know, it, it's right. it's not just ones and zeros. Well, um, we are coming to a close here. Um, you know, this was a little bit different show today, I think, but we did hit some, uh, I, I think, pretty important points in here. So if you think any of that was important or valuable or whatever, help <laughs> us by liking, sharing this video, getting it out to as many people as possible. We are trying to provide this as a resource. So uh, the more you like and share this, the uh, more people we can get in front of, more questions we can answer, and hopefully the uh, better resource we can be to uh, to our community here. So. Um, help us out that way. If you do have any questions or you're watching this later and you want to jump in on this conversation, then email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, but we've got a uh, we've got a meeting here in just a minute. So I think it's about time we jumped off and we're reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have calendars. We have calendars for this, Mike. All right. Oh man. Um, I've been distracted. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, you got me talking about thanks. economics. I mean, I was I was ready to go to lunch, Miles. All right. Okay. Well, uh, we will be back next week. Mike, thank you as always. My pleasure, sir. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. And we'll be back next Wednesday at 11 a.m. live stream to our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel. So make sure to check in there. And like I said, feel free to send us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll try to address it next week. I'll see you all then. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>